What would you do if one day you were just hanging out at work doing your job when a bizarre, deformed freak from beyond wandered in? What would you do? And then we meet a young man who's hanging out with his mom watching a little bit of television. But when his mom gets up to use the restroom, leaving Peter all alone in the living room, he realizes the end is near. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having so much fun doing whatever you're doing. we got a ton of stuff to cover today. So first off, running, no, smashing their way into Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Kicking down doors, flipping over chairs. A true maniac has entered the building. Everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter, Mario. Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> Mario's like, what? Woo. Yeah, look out. Look out. Someone called 911. He's a raging lunatic. Mario's like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> How did you know my deep-seated secret? I'm filled with rage forever. I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> it'd be funny, and I need to redecorate the place anyways. Mario, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. I really, really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so, so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Mario, let's go ahead and get this party started. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to Arizona. Nice, leisurely drive down to... The hottest state, probably. It probably has some record like that. The hottest state. Specifically, we're going to Tempe, Arizona. It's late 2019. Fairly recent story. And we're pulling up outside of a hotel. And that's, uh, that is the Jason... That's not the Jason Jalopy transforming... That's it, running out of fuel, sputtering right in front of this hotel, this unnamed hotel. There can't be that many in Tempe, right? Probably like 100. So you could probably figure out which hotel this is. There's not, it's not haunted, so it's not like you can repeat this experiment, but who knows? Maybe one day you're walking around Tempe and you go, I, I want to find out where this story took place. <laughs> you're like, I don't have anything else to do. I've literally done everything else to do in the city. Let's track down this hotel. We're outside this unnamed hotel. We walk inside and we see a dude standing behind the counter. He didn't give his real name. We're going to call him Johnny. Johnny's standing at the front counter and his co-worker, who we will call Mikey, is there as well, just doing hotel stuff. Stamping passports, rifling through customers' bags, looking for good prescription medicine, stopping Zach and Cody's latest... Prank, you know, just typical hotel manager stuff. When a man walks in, guy walks in, Johnny and Mikey look up and they see this man. Now, listen, you work at a hotel, you probably see all sorts of weirdos coming in. It doesn't matter if it's like some flea bag motel, like Motel 6. (laughs) Or watch this be the episode they have an add on. It's on one of those disgusting hell holes. 
that happen to have 14 beds. It could be a Motel 6. It could be the Hilton. It could be like a Hilton Hotel in Dubai. You're going to get freaks. You're going to get freaks walking into hotels. It's just the way. I'm not saying everyone who goes to those hotels are freaks, but you're going to have them. I'm sure even at the fanciest hotel on earth, every so often, some dude wanders in, bloodied, carrying like some weird bag, some piece of like luggage that's leaking, and he's holding his guts in, and he goes, I'd like a room, please. And then he just throws money, blood-covered money, at the clerk, and the clerk goes, ah, ah, sure, here's room 72. And the guy goes up to that room. <laughs> he sits down, he's all bleeding, he turns on pay-per-view, he's like, oh, well, you know, time to watch some WrestleMania. I'm sure even the ritziest of hotels get weirdos. Hotels, by their very nature, attract freaks. Basically, it's saying, if you're out of town, stay here, come here. You don't have a home to live in, come to our <laughs> This is why I'm not a marketing executive. They're like, this is the worst ad campaign ever. <laughs> Welcome, freaks. <laughs> sure, we might get a lot of freaks to come to this hotel, but no normal people will. You're fired. You're going to attract weirdos. So I'm sure Johnny and Mikey have seen a fair share of freaks, but this one takes the cake. They've never seen anyone like this guy on this late 2019 day in Tempe, Arizona. This guy walks in. He's wearing a coat. He's wearing a a pea green, not like urine, but like a pea vegetable, a pea green military style coat. And you're like, with those shoes, sir, you're a fashion mess. Freak, freak, freak. No, the coat's not, the coat's probably the most normal thing about him. I don't think coats, a lot of people wear coats in Arizona because it's the hottest state. But he's walking around in a pea green military style coat. That's normal kind of, but he doesn't have a t-shirt on. You're like, oh, then he has a button-up? No, he doesn't have a button-up either. He doesn't have a button-up, doesn't have a t-shirt, doesn't have a cardigan or sweater vest or any other piece of clothing you could possibly name. <laughs> However, here's a bit of trivia. Here's a little question for you. He does not, He's not wearing any other type of clothing you could possibly name. However, he is covered. He is wearing something Around his torso. Can you guess? Can you possibly guess what it is? He apparently has wrapped around his upper torso butcher paper. And he's wearing it almost like a tube top. But it's quite obvious that it's just paper. Pea green military style coat. Butcher paper shirt. And he's waddling into the hotel. And Johnny realizes real quickly why he's waddling. One of this man's legs is horribly swollen up. Is horribly swollen. To the point that Johnny goes, it was easily twice as big as the normal looking leg. This big swollen leg, kind of like walking around. Walking around into the hotel. He's making, he's wobbling. Because you wouldn't be able to walk normally. If your legs are like that. He comes into the hotel and he walks up to the front counter and he asks Johnny, can I use your payphone? 
Johnny thinks about it for a second. Like, yeah, sure. It's kind of a weird question, obviously. I mean, payphones are there for the public. But the man then kind of slowly waddles over to the payphone. And he picks it up. Johnny said the guy kind of wandered over to the payphone and picked it up. And the way that this stranger is standing. Johnny said that. The stranger was holding the phone to his ear, but he was kind of standing in such a way that he could still keep an eye on Johnny and Michael. It was like he was kind of positioned his body in such a way that he didn't let the two young employees out of his sight, which was unnerving. Like, why, if he's coming in to use the phone, why is he eyeing us? Why is he, it's a, it was a weird position for him to take. And Johnny feels that it's weird. So does Mikey. Mikey actually pulls out his cell phone. And is trying to get a quick picture of this guy because he's so weird looking. He's so weird looking. This man's on the phone and while he is standing in such a way that he can keep an eye on Johnny and Mikey, he's also looks like he's trying to keep his phone call private. There's an awkward scene all around. And then it dawns on Johnny. Something's off. I mean, obviously, he realized that when the guy came in, but now something's really off. Because he can hear a sound. A sound he instantly recognizes. Very faint, but he hears it. In, 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 in. It's the sound when you pick up a phone and you're off the line for too long and makes that eat, eat, eat noise. Then it goes to a dead line. And that's when Johnny and Mikey, Mikey hears it as well, realize this guy's not calling anybody. He picked up the phone and was just holding it to his ear, but had never made a call, never dialed out. And Johnny was, was like, you got to go, dude. I don't know what's going on with this whole, <laughs> this whole butcher paper thing, but I know that you didn't call anybody, just get out, just get out, you're kind of weirding us out, and the man's like, oh, I'm sorry, 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 and he hangs the phone up, and he begins to waddle out of the hotel, and disappears down the street. Mikey goes, dude, you want to see something super crazy? <laughs> Johnny's probably like, no, I think that was enough crazy for today. Crazy for the week, maybe. Mikey's like, no, 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 check out this picture I took of that guy, and Mikey shows... Johnny, the picture. Now, apparently, according to the story, Mikey had like a flip phone. Didn't have the best camera quality. But he snapped a picture of this guy, but the guy was kind of moving around. Well, he was on the phone, he's kind of moving around, so it's a little bit blurry. And Johnny goes, I don't know if it's the blur in the picture or what. There was something off about this guy, so it wouldn't surprise me if the photo was somehow picking up something else. Like it was picking up through his disguise or whatever. But Johnny said, looking at the photograph, the guy's face looked like it was just a skull. Just two dark sockets and a grinning skeleton mouth. Very odd, disturbing photo. Now, unfortunately, we don't have the photo. We, we I found the story on phantomsandmonsters.com. I don't know if the photo was sent to Lon Strickler. He's the uh, 
webmaster, the head of that website, phantomsandmonsters.com. But we didn't see the photo. There's kind of like an artist rendition photo on that site. But what's interesting is that according to Johnny later that day, a police officer came into the hotel and was like, hey, have you guys seen anything weird? <laughs> and again, Johnny Markle were like, yeah, yeah. The police officer goes, we got a description of this guy. He's acting kind of weird downtown. He's big swollen leg, butcher paper shirt. Johnny's like, yeah, that's a kind of, expo- <laughs> kind of 100% describes who we were thinking of. What happened? And the police officer goes, well, I, you know, it's kind of a weird, but we got a report that that guy was wandering through a park earlier today and was walking towards a couple. There's a man and a woman sitting there, and this guy's kind of stumbling towards them. And that's not against the law. <laughs> You're allowed to stumble. You're allowed to walk towards people as long as it's not menacing. As long as you're not screaming at the top of your lungs or wielding a weapon. You're allowed to walk towards people. But the police officer goes, he was walking towards these people. And then, well, I don't know if this is against the law. It's definitely against the laws of nature, the laws of physics. This man with this deformed leg and this shirt made of butcher paper vanished into thin air, just boop, disappeared just a few yards away from this couple. It's an interesting story. I mean, you would have to think what... You could say, who was this? Obviously, there's a lot of people with swollen legs. This doesn't make you not human (laughs) right now. Right now, you have a leg that's retaining fluid. You're like, no, I was once a man, once a man. No, you can have legs that are swollen, you could even wear paper shirts. You're still human. Don't worry if you're out there doing these things or are these things right now. This could have just been a weird encounter. Him vanishing, him disappearing right before these this couple's eyes, that would mean it was something paranormal. But again, what would it be? Could it be a poorly disguised alien, a cryptid? We've talked before about urban cryptids, how if cryptids are real... And there's a bunch of them out in the woods or in the less accessible regions of humanity. If there's cryptids there, it would make sense that some cryptids have evolved to live in urban environments. Just like animals. A lot of animals have evolved to live in urban environments. Not evolved in the specific scientific term, but adapted would be a better term for that. Obviously, like pigeons and rats. The rats of New York City. They've adapted for that disgusting urban lifestyle, just garbage raining down upon them like manna from heaven. They, they just stand underneath a sewer grate and they're just like, there, if, there must be a God, there must be a God because this is glorious. Just banana peels falling on their face. Adaptation, you would have cryptids that had adapted to, <laughs> not, not super successfully in this case, it's still some weirdo walking around. But who knows? We talked a lot about time slips this week. Could be that. This guy could be from the butcher verse, where t-shirts are made of butcher paper. It would be a trip, right, if this guy came from a place and a time where he's the normal one. He's like, dude, it was the weirdest thing. I was walking through my hometown, my hometown, Swollen Lake, Nebraska. And the next thing I knew, I went to this place where everyone had two tiny legs. And you won't believe this. 
they weren't wearing <laughs> they weren't wearing paper. People were like, "What? Oh man, you're just exaggerating." He's like, "No, no, I swear, I swear. I was walking around. I was waddling like we all do here. They weren't. They were standing perfectly upright. Both their legs were the same size, and people wouldn't believe them. You get sent to the loony bin." Interesting story, though. It's one of those that makes you realize that this paranormal activity can happen anywhere. But I will say this. <laughs> it's very, very likely that it happened in a hotel because hotels are freak magnets. Bunch of weirdos live there. But maybe I'm just jealous. <laughs> maybe I'm just jealous I don't get to live in a hotel like Zach and Cody, so I'm just trying to get everyone else to see them for the freak factories they truly are mario i'm gonna go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter we are leaving behind tempe arizona fly us all the way out to a suburban neighborhood we're outside this house Crouched down in the bushes, looking through the big bay windows. I actually don't know what their house looks like. You're like, wow, Jason, that was pretty accurate. If the person who wrote this story ever hears this podcast, they'll be like, how did he know exactly what my house looked like? But anyways, I figured it's just a generic house. We're standing outside this house. This is the home of a young man. We're going to go ahead and call him Peter. Peter is sitting at home with his mother. They're watching a movie together. It doesn't say exactly what kind of movies. I would assume mom movies, right? Something from, like, the Hallmark Channel. It's like, will Billy and Sarah get together? Or will Sarah sacrifice her life for the big account? David Johnson account. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, I want to blow my brains out. But you're spending time with your mom. You're watching this Hallmark Christmas murder mystery romance movie. Now, Peter doesn't say exactly what he's watching, but I would assume it's something like that. I don't know. Maybe his mom's super cool. Maybe they are watching a Saw movie. Who knows? But <laughs> I don't know if I'd be comfortable hanging out with my mom if she watched Saw movies. She's like, you've been a bad boy, Jason. Go to your room. I'm like, ah. I walk in. I, it's covered in barbed wire. She's like, how much do you really want to get out of doing your chores? Peter is watching movies with his mom. And the mom goes, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. So she gets up and she walks away. <laughs> it would be more alarming if she sat there and you said, I have to go to the bathroom and just sat there. I'm like, mom? Mom, are you okay? She's like, yeah, yeah, I told you I have to go to the bathroom. And she's just pooping on the couch. That's not what happened. <laughs> Maybe I did, kid. Maybe an anvil did fall in my head. This story's gone sideways. The mom goes, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. And she gets up and she walks away to go to the bathroom. And Peter is just sitting there. He's still watching this movie when something catches his eye. He said, not far from where I was sitting, I look up and I see a figure just standing there. Can't make out a lot of details, but I noticed it seemed to be wearing a hospital gown. It appeared to have bright yellowish skin. And while I couldn't make out a lot of details, it looked like it had the same hairstyle as my mother. 
he said that this figure then began to move towards him. But the way he put it was, it wasn't a walk, it wasn't a waddle. This figure moved inhumanly fast. It's just standing there in the room and then... Moves faster than any human could cover that distance. And when it gets close to Peter, it just vanishes. And Peter's sitting there on the couch, processing what he just saw. And he realizes that he just saw the future. He said, at that moment, I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, that my mom was going to die very, very soon. Peter said a few months later, sure enough, his mother was in the hospital. He doesn't go into detail as to what the health issue was, but he said towards the end, while she's in the hospital, towards the end of her life, she began to have jaundice. And her skin became bright yellowish, sickly looking. And eventually she did pass away. And Peter watched his mother slowly pass away. With yellowish skin. Wearing a hospital gown. It's an interesting, I mean, it's, there is a a subset of ghosts. Who people who say that do Can you see the ghost of the living? This is something that does happen from time to time. It's possible. We don't see a lot of instances of that, though. We don't see a lot of instances of ghosts appearing before they die. Now, we do have precognition. We do have people having visions of death. And that's what this could have been. It could have been a vision of a death and not actually his mother's spirit appearing. Could have been the universe preparing him for his mother's passing. There's some information here we don't, that I think would be helpful to put into context. One, did he know his mother was sick? Was this something that this was a disease she had been dealing with for the past couple of years or the past couple of months? And he was being told in this very blunt way she was going to die soon? Or was she perfectly healthy? Like there's definitely a different. If everyone in my family is healthy right now, if I had a vision of one of my family members coughing up blood, help me, be super alarming. It'd be a nightmarish vision. But if I already knew one of my family members was super sick, right? They went to Burning Man. They haven't been quite the same since... They're constantly talking about their stomach. They're constantly complaining about pooping out blood. I'm like, oh, you big baby. And they've been in and out of the hospital for a while. And then I have a vision of them laying on a hospital bed, spitting up blood. It's still disturbing, but I would be like, well, 
Kind of figured it was going that way. He did have Ebola, after all. If you knew someone had a long-term terminal disease and the end comes, it sucks. Death always sucks. But you saw it coming, as opposed to just having a vision tonight of something horrific happening and then you get a phone call ten minutes after you wake up. You find out your brother's been at Burning Man. And you're like, no! So, is that what this was? It's funny because when I first read the story, I was thinking it was a ghost. Some sort of ghostly activity. And and, and my views will change even as I'm talking about them. Because a lot of times as I'm vocalizing it, you're hearing it for the first time just like me my brain will start to trigger different things in my brain. And this might have been a precognitive event. It may not have been a a spooky ghost. He may have been seen into the future. Tragic story either way. There's nothing you could really do. And I hope that Peter, with that knowledge, because he was like, 100%, I know my mom's dying soon. There's no way we can avoid this. If he knew she was already having health problems, that would make it a little easier to swallow. If she was perfectly healthy and he had that vision, you would want to do your best to stop it. But whatever the case is, I hope that Peter took this as an omen to make sure to appreciate what little time he had left with his mom. I hope he did take this to heart and said... Here's the remote, Mom. You want to watch Hallmark movies? We'll watch Hallmark movies. I'll even enjoy them. You choose what we watch next. I would hope that he did did that. I would hope that he did appreciate the time left that he had with his mom. Because I think it's super easy to have these types of feelings. Maybe not even something this dramatic have these types of feelings and then be like, I really should call my mom. And then you just kind of shrug it off because you'll call her tomorrow. And I think sometimes we should listen to these feelings a little more because our time on this earth is limited. We all know that. We all know that. Whether a doctor is written down on a sheet of paper, you have one year to live, or you're fit as a fiddle right now. Both people can be hit by a car tomorrow. We have such a small time of existence on this earth. I hope that we do use it wisely and we do constantly let the people around us know how much we care about them. Not all of us, very few of us, are going to have a vision this vivid that is going to tell us, listen, in a few months, this person you love is going to be gone. Guaranteed. So spend this time wisely. Most of us just believe we have all the time in the world to spend with our loved ones, even though we all know deep down inside. We don't. We have precious little time. And we need to use it wisely. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. 
Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. 